0: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, how many of you are ready for the word of God this morning? Um, Let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, we're so thankful um, for the power of your presence in this place today. Uh, We thank you because your word says that where two or three are gathered together in your name, you are there present in the midst of them. So we welcome the Holy Spirit. Uh, Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. You are the guide. You are the one who brings to our remembrance every word that the Lord has spoken to us. You are the one that shows us things to come. So we ask you to light our candles today and enlighten our darkness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, this morning uh, we're going to be starting a series uh, called Family Matters. And um, we are um, going to teach this. uh, Anita and I are going to teach this for about four to six weeks. And we'll just hang out with the Lord and see how how things unfold. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah 60 verse 1, it says, "Our eyes shine, for your light has come. Say to your neighbor, this is your day. It says, arise shine! your light has come, the glory of God will be, uh, has risen upon you. And it says, look, darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise on you and his glory will be seen on you. Um, uh, the church should not be reflecting the patterns of the world. Amen. Um, and even though there is confusion... There is darkness in our world and it's going to get darker, thank God. It is also a day and a dispensation of light and glory. Amen. Amen. And the glory is meant to come from the house of God, from the people of God. We are meant to lead and direct and show people the way to go practically. So over the next few weeks, uh, we're going to be dealing with every aspect of family. We can't deal with it in a lot of depth. We're going to be led by the Holy Spirit and let the Lord lead us. Uh, We're going to talk about singleness. We're going to talk about marriage, divorce, remarriage, parenting, and grandparenting. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, I'm not a grandparent yet, but um, we need to prepare for the days ahead. Uh, What I have found is that we can find joy in the Lord in every stage of life and even through every experience of life. You know, a few weeks, uh, Nietzsche and I, I would have been married for 21 years, but you know, even though we're celebrating great things now, we didn't start that way, Uh, because for me, at least, this is my uh, second marriage. I had been married before, and I had a daughter from a previous marriage, who you will probably all meet in a few weeks. So what we're going to be sharing um, over the next few weeks is very practical insights, um, we're going to share from the word and we're going to share from personal experience. God calls himself the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And for many years, I have found that very curious because we know Abraham means the father of many nations. We know Isaac means laughter, but Jacob means supplanter and deceiver. And even though God changed his name to Israel, um, which means, uh, having power, Uh, or a contender with god for all eternity god has memorialized that name god of abraham isaac and jacob even though jacob's name was changed to israel and i believe the reason why the lord has done that is because he is not ashamed to be associated with you in your mess if you will only trust the Lord and walk with Him, the Lord is truly able to make a message of grace out of your mess. God is still in the business of restoring broken lives. He's still in, a, in the business of restoring broken lives. I have found from experience that God's grace is always extended in our direction. In fact, the times I have experienced the most grace or the greatest manifestation of His grace have been the times I have been at the lowest points in my life. You see, I believe that your life is more like a movie than a photograph. You know, the movie of your life is not over yet. At the end of your movie, like the Bible says in James five eleven, you will see the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is, is very compassionate and merciful. If you will only repent where you need to, if you will learn to forgive others and forgive yourself, if you will walk in hope and faith, you will experience that expected end that he planned for you before the foundation of the world. So this series is helping you understand that you must never write yourself off because the Lord hasn't written you off. You know, some of us have treated our lives like it's a photograph. You have taken a snapshot of your life from the lowest point and the most devastating thing you have ever experienced. And that is the picture that you carry around in your heart. That is how you view your past. That is how you view your present. And that is how you view your future. It is important that we take that picture to the cross. Because the cross of Jesus Christ is the place of new beginnings. The Bible says concerning the cross that he wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us which was contrary to us and he has taken it out of the way having nailed it to the cross. That is Colossians 2 verse 14. In the New Living Translation of Colossians two fourteen, he says it this way. He says... He canceled the record of the charges against you and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Hallelujah. So don't let your past and don't let the situation of your present define your future, uh, your picture concerning your future. Because your future is destined to be great. Are we perfect? Certainly not. But what we have learned over the last 21 years, we have learned important lessons along the way. And from our lessons, you would learn both what not to do and what to do. You'll hear about our many mistakes. And when you hear about those, learn from them. We will talk about resources that have helped us and changed us. Take advantage of those resources. Don't learn from your own bad experience. And then also, in, in terms of practical things, every week, uh, for the last 15 minutes of the service, we're going to do a Q&A time. Um, so a question and answer time. So today we're going to start with some foundations and I'm going to continue some foundations next week. You know, foundations are very important. So we're going to start by establishing foundations because what we consider big problems, sometimes are just based on on faulty foundations. And once we get the foundations right, then we can build properly and experience the joy that God has for us. Please welcome Pastor Nita as she comes to share the word with us this morning praise God
1: this is the foundation of love I am married I am single I am separated I am divorced I am remarried I'm a parent I'm a grandparent I'm a child and I'm a member of the family unhappy unfulfilled tired confused failing falling lost suffering hopeless helpless frustrated rejected, scarred, unloved. I'm a member of this same family. There's a better way. There is a better way. Life can be a hot mess, and it doesn't automatically come with a manual. Each person's life, each stage in their life, each situation is different. You'll find, if you have um, kids, that no two child is the same and so the way you bring up one is not the same way you bring up the rest of them. A lot of times we go out and we buy business books um, because we want to get ahead in our career or um, maybe it's a hobby, you buy a book. But very seldom do we buy books that deal with issues that you might be facing. Or if you go through a divorce, very seldom do we rush out and go and buy books on divorce. And we plod through life. We hope that we land on our feet. And when something goes wrong, we pray desperately. It's like, Lord, just help me through this situation. And the prayer is devoid of power because it's mainly prayed out of desperation. There's no faith in it. It's just like, okay, this is what I need to do. You know, God help. God, just, God help. You know, and, and what happens is that when we hit that roadblock, we get mad at God because things have gone wrong. And we think that he's failed us. We think just didn't, he just didn't come through. After all, it couldn't be our faults. And so what we do is we turn our back on the answer, the creator of heaven and earth. We turn our back on the person who saw today before you saw it. We turn our back on the person who knew you were going to get married to, the person who knew what child he was going to give you. We just turn our back because we think, after all, he doesn't care, but that's not the truth. This is the God who put times and seasons in place, and we turn, we should turn to him, to the greater one who resides on the inside of us. We live in a system that is governed by the dark one. It's governed by the devil, and to function at your best or to win as a family member we have to do it according to the rules of the light. You have to live contrary to the world system, contrary to what your best friend advises you to do. Yeah, You've got to hold on to the word and live, live what the word tells you. Because truly, your enemy is not your spouse, your enemy isn't your child, not your neighbor. The enemy is, your, is the devil. And so that fight of faith that we're fighting is the good fight of faith that we have to engage in. So, how do we win? By obeying the greatest and the most important, the most fundamental of all the commandments, asked about by one of the teachers of the law in Matthew 12 28 to 34, to which Jesus responds, Hear, O Israel, and I'll say, Hear, O High Life Church, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. It is the core of our Christian walk. So the title of this is really The Foundation of Love. So this scripture talks about relationship. It is the way we connect. It's the the way we relate. It's the, the way we interact with other people. And love is the basis of all relationships. So without love, there cannot be any real relationship. John 4, 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another. Sorry, 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, I'm so used to singing this, so I'm going to do it. You know, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. Beloved, let us love one another, First John 4, 7, and 8. You can tell I taught children's church. <laughs> yeah. So that scripture, you know, the scriptures say that if we, if we say we love God and don't love our brothers, then we lie and we really don't know God. So it, no one without the other because God is love and love is God. So let's look a little closer at this great commandment. So number one, love God. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3.10 that we may know him we may know him we need to know him because you cannot love someone you don't know yeah you've got to know him and so it requires that you search the scriptures to study his nature his habits his actions his names his personality it requires constant fellowship times of deep and focused prayer soaking yourself in his presence it requires seeking his face and not his hand. And you'll find that no matter what he does or what he says, it's backed by love. So we need to lean in and develop an intimate relationship with the Father. Love is a two way street. James 4 8, and I won't sing this time, says, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. God, is, God, God really does love you. And it's not dependent on how much you love him. Uh, honestly, you can't love him enough. He loved you with his dying breath and he rose again so that you'd be able to walk as an overcomer, an ambassador of, for the kingdom of light. You know, I was chatting with some friends on Friday night and we we're, were just talking about um, Nigerians for the most part. You know, we're not small in our own sights. We go to other countries and people feel our presence. You know, we go to spaces where it's like, okay, we're in the minority, but you would think that we're the major- majority by the time, you know, we're finished, because we've got that swag, we've got that way of, you know, it's like, you know, don't you know who I am kind of thing, we, we have it. But here's the thing. A better way to use that swag is to have it for the kingdom. Yeah? Let people feel you. Backed by the love of God. Let people feel that love when they see you. So it's not just like, okay, he's a Nigerian or she's a Nigerian. This is a love child born of a love God. So, like I said, you know, we need that intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit because only he can teach us how to yield to our true God nature. And I've shared in my early days how I had a... A chair in my living room and it was designated to being my my chair that God sat on and I would go to work and come back and rush in and say you know hi God well it was hi H H because it was like the Holy Spirit so it was like H you know H would be there waiting for me and I would have a chat and I'm sure if you were like a fly on the wall, you'd probably think, you know, this girl is loopy. But it was the way that I was able to build my relationship with God and get familiar with him to the point where I could recognize his voice. You know, it, that, that chair saw many tears. It, um, it took me through a lot of really tough times because he was the one person that was there and he's always going to be that one person that is there for you. Like, no other person can, yeah? And so we learned, well, I learned, you know, how to really lean on him. And these days, I don't really have a chair in my living room. I don't live by myself, so it wouldn't really work the same way. (laughs) But what I have now is something I I think of as more special, I, I suppose, because, like, if I wanted to have a romantic dinner with Carlton, I would light candles and try and make the place really lovely. But now I light candles and I burn my incense and and spray the room with my favorite um perfume and just make it kind of like an altar and that's where God and I meet in the early hours of the mornings about four o'clock, you know. And I do all that because I want to have that romantic feel of me getting lost in love. Yeah. When I when I first got to know God with the with the whole chair thing, God revealed Himself to me as As a father he was my dad and over the years the relationships have have grown and have changed and so now he's my love you know and i want to be romantic i want to be intimate i i I think i'm maybe naturally a romantic and so it, it comes a little easier for me to do those things and and feel about how special he is you know um my very first poems were about the holy spirit because i felt i was so in love with him the songs that we sing the poetry they all come from God, you know. And when you lean in, he'll give you that poem. When you lean in, he'll give you that psalm. The Bible says, come come with a spiritual song or, or uh, a psalm. This is where you get it, in his presence, in that intimate space. Because he will give it to you. Sometimes I just sit there and I bear my heart. Sometimes I cry. Sometimes I reflect. And sometimes all I do is sit and stare. Most times I'm in prayer. Other times I just listen And he gives me a word of encouragement or direct sometimes it seems like we're both quiet and we're taking each other in delighting in each other's presence in that quiet atmosphere I think about him counting and numbering the hairs on my head or deeply scarring himself to inscribe my name on the palm of his hands I've said that before no man has done that for me nobody has you know counted my hair inscribed my name on the palm of his hands. There has not been a guy, <laughs> a, like. So to be honest, I've never had a guy tattoo my name, just tattooed, babes. My name on the on the on his arm, you know. I mean, maybe some of you have had the pleasure of, you know, some guy just tattooing his name. But then I ask, is are you married to that guy now, or is he walking around with, you know, busy? And there's another name, you know. And then she's asking, like, okay, so uh, what name? What name is this? And it's like, uh, uh, oh, my mom's middle name kind of thing, you know. So we're talking skin graft here, you know. I I mean, I think about the Holy Spirit bottling my tears as he reveals himself to me as the balm of Gilead. I think of how gracious he's been to me. I think about all the things he's done for me, prophetic words when I've needed them, the abilities, the gifts, the talents, the mercy he's shown me. And God knows he's shown a lot of mercy. I mean, there have been times when I know I've embarrassed my angels, you know, times when my angels have probably been forced to clap their wings over their eyes, times when he's, you know, they've probably gone to him and said, please give me another assignment, give me another child to look after, this girl is just too much, you know, I know there have been times, I know, I have a very active imagination and, and I, you know, I think to myself, my God, Anita, again, you know, you've messed up, again? Again, how many times do we go and, you know, we're like, oh, okay, this is the last time and you mess up again. But God will identify with you in that hot mess, you know. That's the God we serve because he loves us, yeah, until so we have to get to know him. So, all this makes me want more of him. There's something so insatiable about God when you get to know him, yeah. There's something, He's like no other. There is no husband more romantic if you read the songs of Solomon, you'll know what I'm talking about. And you'll see how mushy God can get over, 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 over us, over me. You know, God gets mushy over me. There is, you know, the story of the prodigal son shows that there is no father more loving, more forgiving, more long-suffering. There's no mother more caring. Indeed, he hovers over us as an eagle over her, you know, hovers over her nest. He is the many-breasted one. So no wife can be more dutiful. Our God has the ability to put everything in place for us. And he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. He's loved us enough to put us first, to sacrifice his boy, his only begotten son, beloved of the Father. He's loved me and you enough, and also that he could have a better relationship with us. And so what better place to learn how to act accordingly towards our family? What better role model do we have than our God? The Bible says that he, says, he, he, he refers to himself as the I am that I am. You know, and depending on how you read that, I am that I am. I, I read it and I think I am that I am that you heard about. That person that you've heard about. Yeah? That's the I am that we serve. So it's like I am the I am that supplied manna and quail in the wilderness because I loved you. I am the one that made Solomon wise and wealthy when he came and asked me for wisdom because he loved him. I am that I am who identifies you with you in all your mess. I am the one that would identify with a David when he messes up and kills somebody just so that he can have his wife. I am the same I am that would hang out with Jacob the supplanter. That's the I am that we serve and love. That's the I am that we need to get to know I am the I am that is talked about in Job when I gave him twice as much as, as he had before because he's stuck. I am that I am who has checked out each day before I entered and given me every bit of information or equipment that I needed to win in that day. The Bible says that they who know their God will do great exploits. So number two, the second part, it says, and love your neighbor as yourself. But let's not put the cart before the horse. First, we love ourselves. You have to love yourself. When you hang out with God long enough, he will show you who you are and how to behave towards others. He calls you royal. Keep that standard. Don't drag yourself in the gutter and don't speak trash. Hold yourself up to the standard of the kingdom you represent. If you hang around love long, enough, you'll take on its very nature. The currency of the kingdom is exceedingly abundant love. That is the currency. That's the currency that opens doors for you. And God wants you to love yourself. Now, In loving yourself, I'm not talking about like, you know, I'm all that on a side of fries. I'm not talking about, you know, let's be vain. I'm Little Miss Thing. That's not the love. I'm not talking about I'm God's gift to man, to womankind, or, you know, I'm a babe magnet. That's not the loving yourself that we're talking about here. Yeah? I am not talking about your good looks. Nor am I talking about the makeup, the weaves. The designer bags and the shoes that define you, although they shouldn't. Um, I'm not talking about all that. I'm talking about loving the you that God sees. Yeah? And he sees you. So what sometimes when you're doing, you know, just that. Sometimes when you're doing stuff, you should just stop and think who's watching? Remembering that you're never, never, never alone. God is watching. The angels. God help them are watching <laughs> do you know they're watching so you have to learn to love yourself properly by seeing yourself through his eyes and making that become a reality and so what do I mean I mean you have to find yourself in God find yourself how do we do that there, there are some scriptures that are referred to as the um, identity scriptures or the in him realities or in whom realities yeah so for instance I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now what you need to do is you find those scriptures and you begin to meditate on them until they're lodged in your heart. You should get uh pastor's book on biblical meditation. It'll it'll help you. Yeah. Romans twelve two says that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind so we can prove what is the will of God, that is which that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. And Philippians 4.8 says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thought on what is true, honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So if you have to stick up uh, post-it notes on your mirror as you do your makeup, stick those things up. Yeah. You might be in a place where you feel like crap. You just don't feel you're worthy. Put, put on a post-it note, I am the righteousness of God. Or you might feel very unloved. You can put up on, on, on a notepad or um, on a post-it note, you know, I am my beloved and my beloved is mine. He loves you. Find a scripture that relates to where you are and begin to meditate on, on, on that. Tell yourself what God says you are. Make your boast in the scriptures. And that is how you win. It is the way God sees you, irrespective of how you act because of the blood of Jesus. Yeah? The blood of Jesus stands before us. So when you, you know, when you do things that are ugly or just sinful, there there are things you've done and they might be wrong or you might have fallen and stumbled and messed up. But God still sees you as his child. And that blood still speaks on your behalf. So you can still stand there and say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah? I'm not saying don't repent. You need to repent. But you pick yourself up and don't let the devil have a field day with you. Yeah? Because he will. Yeah? He takes no prisoners and he will come at you big time if you let yourself falter. Yeah? I say that and, and there was something I learned from a little girl. There was a little girl upstairs in children's church one day and I said... You know, you did. She did something, and I said that was so naughty. And she turned around and straight away she just says, "I am not a naughty person." Yeah, it was actually Jody. She says, "I'm not a naughty person," and I said, "I said, I'm not saying you are a naughty person. I'm saying the action that you took was naughty." Yeah, and 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 so you know, it helps if you can really separate yourself from those actions. Yeah, see yourself for what you are. But separate those actions because those actions are not you. Yeah, what the word says you are is exactly what you are. Yeah, so that means that you are fearfully and wonderfully made in Christ Jesus. He says you are created in His very image. Therefore, you are a love being. The love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit, which means that you have it in you to operate in 1 Corinthians 13:4 to 7. So let's just turn to that. Yeah, you can't really talk about love without turning to that scripture Love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous or boastful or proud It does not behave rudely, it does not seek its own, it is not provoked It does not think, it does not rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth Love bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things Love never fails Love never fails, you've got to understand that, that love never fails I'm going to pause there to tell you that. You know, you can go through, you, you can be in a situation where it seems like you've done everything possible and you want to give up. But I want to say that love, if you, if you persevere with love, you will win. You know how you can get married and you think at some point, just got it wrong. I did not hear from God concerning this person. Yeah? And I think everybody, honestly, it, unless you just got married, I am pretty sure that most people, at some point, have thought, I I missed it. (laughs) Do you understand? Do you know? At at some point, to some degree, you know, I I mean, sometimes I say marriage is a little bit overrated. Being single, too, can be overrated. But I'll talk from a married point of view. It can be overrated. Um, I know everybody, it's funny, everyone wants to rush and get married. And then when you get married, you want to rush and be single again, but nah, it doesn't work that way. You know, you just just hang in there, you know. But if you operate in love, you will overcome whatever the situation is. Yeah, you will. You you just need to hang in there. Sometimes you hang in there by a f- strand of thread. Yeah. I mean, most people here have heard of my many stories of me packing, I'm leaving, that's it, I'm done, I've packed, I've unpacked, I've planned to steal my children away, I've done. You know, you you do all those things because you don't understand love. That's the truth. It's that you don't understand love. You know, uh, what stopped me from packing and unpacking was the day passed up, I could even say I'm packing and leaving, he now passed my passport, like, okay, you're going, Right? here, yeah, this is your, and I thought, man, that's just stolen my thunder, you know, just stolen my thunder totally, because there's something a little degrading about like, okay, you know, take your stuff and go, you know, but it's still easier, you know, you still feel like you've got a little bit of thingy if you say, well, I'm leaving, I'm leaving you, you know, dude, but, um, so anyway, after that incident, that was the end, yeah. <laughs> And, and then there's something so degrading about having to unpack your stuff again. And, you know, th- thankfully, he hadn't kind of packed all his stuff into my drawers of a wardrobe because then you'd be like begging for space. Like, okay, well, okay, please. Nice. You know, you know that's, that's just part of my journey. You know, yes, all the fruits of the Spirit can actually manifest you, through you, believe it or not. What is key is that the moment you understand and accept God's love, mercy, grace towards you, in spite of your flaws and blunders, you're able to treat other people with the same yardstick. And if you don't know how to love yourself, if you don't know how to forgive yourself, chances are you can't love or forgive somebody else. Yeah? If you run yourself down, look, others are going to run you down and you're going to run others down. That's, that's the truth of the matter. Yeah? What, what you do attracts the same sort of thing, you know, to you. So I want to say that you're special and God is crazy in love with you. I want to say that he's so fond of you that he wants to be in, in deep fellowship. He wants you to get him like he gets you. To be moved by the things that move him. He wants you to be tender-hearted towards him. He wants you to get to a point where you hear his voice. You know? Where you're, you're so comfortable with him speaking and leading you and, and showing you the way. Showing you things to, to come. You know, when you love God, very little should take you by surprise. Because he would have shown you, he really. God can show you way, way, way beyond where you're at. So he wants you to, to to love. He wants he wants you to love the you that he sees. So number three, he says, love your neighbor. This is the this is the I think one of the tough ones. But it's where you know that you've overcome the evil one. If he cannot get you to destroy your brother or sister. And if love is your only response in every situation, then you're in a great place. So let me tell you something. Love is not a 50-50 split. In, in a relationship, it's not like, okay, you give 50, I give 50. That's 100%. That's not it. You have to give your 100%. Yeah? So regardless of the lying, cheating, abusive, incomplete spouse, the wayward child, the, wayward child, the unfaithful friend, you've got to give your 100%. Yeah, regardless of what label you've put on your, your other person, because, of course, you're perfect. Regardless of all that, you have to give your 100%. So let that perfect you give the 100%, yeah? So in spite of what Jerry Maguire said, nobody completes you outside of God, yeah? So it's like, you complete me. It sounds so sexy, doesn't it? No, but no, yeah? God is the only person that completes you. Yeah he's the only person that can complete you. Um another person cannot bring you joy all the time. Yeah it's not their job. It is not your spouse's job to make sure you're happy all the time. It is so much pressure to expect your spouse to be the answer to every single emotion that you go through. Yeah God designed us to be dependent on him and him alone. If You know, to depend on somebody else to bring you joy would just set both of you up for disappointment. Like I said, it's too much pressure. And sometimes people have so much hurt and so much baggage that, quite frankly, they're unable to give you the love that you deserve. Yeah? It's... No matter how they try, you know, that baggage is just... it's, It's so deeply lodged that the way they love just will not match up to what you, what you want, yeah? I, I believe I was one such person. I mean, I'm 53. I've had 32 years of being saved, 21 of them married. But I found, you know, I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, you know, half my life, I've probably been a baggage collector, yeah? A baggage collector. So that's like every evil word lodged in my heart. Every time I've been hurt, it's been lodged in my heart. Every time something has gone wrong, it's there. I'm, I can be very sensitive, so it's like, really, you, you, this is me being vulnerable, you can look at me wrong, and it, it, it touches me, because I think, i mean, really, what have I done, you know? It's not really the right way. You do have to learn to guard your heart, and, and I think as I get older, I like fifty-three isn't old enough, but you know, um, as you get older, you do, you begin to, to learn how to guard your heart. You know, some of us are a little bit too sensitive, yeah. And I think sometimes I can be, too sensitive. You know, the type of like, okay, maybe the kids come in and say hi to their dad and don't say hi to me. Oh man, what did I do? What you know? It's like how. Nine months, I, my, my kids even know me. They were like, nine months I carried you. I put food on the table and I clothed you. And uh, and is your dad, you're going to just say hi to and You're not saying hi to me. You know, but that's all like it's just sensitivity that you need to deal with, you know. So being a baggage collector is not a glamorous life, yeah? If you're a garbage collector, you stink. And that's quite, that's really the truth, yeah? And every time you get next to somebody else, they're going to smell you. They really are yeah and when they smell you just like if the garbage van drives past your thing automatically what do they do they bring out their garbage and guess what you're a wide receiver you collect more garbage yeah so you know you really do need to be very careful because what happens is that um it it will, it will it can destroy you and that's what the devil wants He wants to destroy you. Words are so powerful. Remember that old saying, it's like sticks and stones can break my bones, but names can never hurt me. That is such a lie from the pit of hell. You know, I remember we all said it as kids. It is a lie. You need to guard your heart. Because if you don't, you know, those words will kill, they will hurt, and you'll relate to your neighbor from that place, and it won't be pretty. So, like I said, you know, some some people don't have it in them, at, at a particular time to love the awesome creature that you are. Um, and, of course, the enemy has put blinders on, on their eyes and darkened their hearts. It's through pain or personal experience, you know. But you, you, who feel like, you know, you're all that and some, you can love them through it. It's true. Let God use you for once. Love them <laughs> through it, yeah. Ask them, why, why are they so catty or why are they so... Horrible. Why, why do they react in this, uh, this particular way? You can love them through it, you know? And if you think it's too much, look, bless them and pray for them. Just, but don't, you know, don't add to the garbage, yeah? And when people come and tell you garbage about somebody else, don't listen. Don't, don't be a garbage collector, really, you know? And I'm talking particularly to women here, yeah? Because people just come because some people just can't stop talking. Yes, yeah, so I was going to say that, you know, sometimes love requires that a part of you, especially in cases of abuse, and I'm very passionate about this, in cases of abuse, physical abuse, sometimes love demands that you move yourself. Yeah? That you move yourself from that situation. Sometimes it demands that you just let go. Sometimes it demands that you discipline. Love is not blind, it is not stupid, and it is not spineless. Yeah? And you need to understand that, that love is not just that gushy thing that we all, you know, see on TV and like, okay, this person loves that person and nothing ever goes wrong. No, things go wrong. You can't just leave everything to chance and think it will fall in place because the universe is in love with you. That is not how it works, yeah? So, you know, um, you have to treat other people the way you want, always using kingdom currency, yeah? You have to remember that we are one body. And you and your neighbor are part of that body. So in loving, in correcting, in disciplining, in speech, and in every action you take, love has to be the driving force. In relating to others, one major weapon that the um, enemy uses is our words. Because, like I said, the words have power. And we have the ability to speak life or death. We are admonished to speak life. So James three seven seven. 9 says, uh, I'll read this from the message. It says, this is scary. You can t- tame a tiger, but you can't tame your tongue. It's never been done. The tongue runs wild. It's a wanton killer. With our tongues, we bless God our Father. With the same tongue, we curse the very men and women that are made in his image. Cursing and blessing come out from the same mouth. But then James 1, 19 says, so then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to speak, and slow to wrath, because the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Yeah? So, then verse um, 26 says, if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, he deceives his own heart, and this one's religion is useless. So, you calling yourself a Christian and you're chatting Negatively about people, please do not say you're a Christian because you're wrecking our name. Yeah, that's the truth. Don't say you came from high life if um, <laughs> if you're if you're being horrible and saying things. Um, and I'm gonna just also say concerning um, things that are said. Sometimes you know we we do this where like somebody tells you something and then you borrow that offense. Yeah. And yes, I want to go there. And and like I said, it's mainly women. We're very special creatures. Because what happens is that someone says, oh, this person did this. It doesn't concern you. But you go and fight that person. You begin to gossip about that person. Here's the thing. Those first two people make up, yeah? And you're kind of left hanging with your fence. Are you not a garbage collector? Yeah? So women, honestly... Speaking as a woman, we need to stop it. Let's not speak so much, yeah? Um, on, over Lent, I thought I'm going to take, um, there was a challenge, which I feel terribly, but um, there was a challenge over Lent, like, okay, let make sure that everything you say is, based, um, is backed by love. So the moment I signed up to it, I thought, okay, I, I can do this. I can, being my loving self, can surely do this. And I get out into the car, and my driver just does something so annoying. And I'm thinking, five minutes, really? <laughs> and, and what I had said, like, every time I say something horrible or react negatively, I'm going to put, like, 1,000 naira into a, a bottle and just give it to charity at the end of the month. Okay, so that was the first 1,000. It's five minutes into signing, I'm going to walk in love. And so it sort of just carried on. I think I got home, and the kids had upset me, and you know it just went on. And at some point, I was like, "Lord, release me from this." this um, so my, honestly, I just, I just, I'm just, I can't. I just can't do it, you know. But truthfully, I'm sure, I'm sure there are people that are better than I, um, and, and they can, they can rise to the challenge, you know. I, I think, I think it, it's, I think it's a, a good thing if you can really stop and think every time we speak and 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 think to yourself like okay i'm about to say this is it loving is it going to damage that person is it going to build them up does it show that i love god does it show that i know god yeah does it and if the answer to any of those questions is no then don't say it just don't say it you know sometimes somebody says something and you just have this perfect answer you know, some of us are just witty like that. So you think, oh, yeah, I've, I've been waiting for this opportunity to use this line, you know. And so they say something, and you know that you've got that comeback. So sometimes it happens. Sometimes I pass the test. Sometimes I don't. But or sometimes I, in fact, I've thought like, okay, let me try and trap that person into saying this thing so that I can say that thing, you know. But what am I saying here? We're love people. Yeah, we have to win. We have to win. Because if we get this foundation right, believe me, there is no child that is too difficult. There is no marriage that is too stressful. When you when you operate in love, you attract love. Yeah, you really do. It's very disarming to to love somebody. It's almost like saying, "Let me love you to death," which I mean is a contradiction, but you know, But if you you love somebody, after a while, you win hands down, yeah? You win hands down. But like I said, and and remember this, there are times when you step back because sometimes love has to be from a distance. And in all of it, I think one thing I forgot to say is you've got to learn to forgive people, yeah? I think forgiving is, is one of the very toughest things, especially if it's a deep wound, yeah? Forgiveness takes time. It takes faith. It takes a lot from, you know, especially if you feel justified. And sometimes we are very justified in quotes. Yeah. Sometimes people look, people have hurt you so deep that when you go and, exp- you know, talk to somebody else about it, maybe a counselor, might be a pastor. They will say, you know what? I understand. If I were even you, in fact, I'd have done worse. Do you understand? And, and then you feel like, okay, so it's okay to bear that grudge. And at some point, I'll tell you, my, my walk with, my, with my, my parents, it's never okay. It's never okay to bear the grudge. I don't care what they've done to you. Yeah? Your parents could have, well, I was going to say they could have killed you, but you wouldn't be here. You know? But no matter what, yeah, no matter how ugly your parents, your child, your spouse has been, you've got to forgive them. Not for them, but for you. The day I forgave my dad of certain things he did to me, I'm telling you, my life changed. Honestly, my life changed. The day I forgave myself of certain things I had done, my life changed. Because unforgiveness will hold you captive. This is how the devil wants to hold on to you. He wants to suck the very life of God out of you. Yeah? Don't go home to the Father before your time. Love will keep you long on the earth. There is no situation too hopeless or too far gone for God to deal with. If you will partner with him and do your bit using kingdom currency, I guarantee you. We serve the God of the impossible. That's impossible relationships. He knows about them. We serve a God who has already made us winners because he has defeated the enemy on our behalf. We serve a God whose idea it was to put us in that family. I'd like you to stand with me. Let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus we thank you for loving us first. Now we ask that you help us to love you. We ask that you draw us to you as we lean in. Let us see ourselves through your eyes and your eyes alone. Help us to control our tongues as we speak blessings over ourselves and over others. As we operate using kingdom principles, let us not grow weary in our well-doing. We are created in your image. Love, children, of a love God. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Father, I ask that where there's been pain or hurt, that you heal us, and you help us to forgive those who cause it so that we can move on completely. In the name of Jesus, I ask that throughout this series, Father God, that people take the things that you need them to take away, that we we leave here complete because we've encountered. Help us, my Father God, to get closer and closer and closer to you as we lean in in the name of Jesus.